1: Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our latest guest on CUDA Confidential is one of the newest members of the Sharks organization. He's in his seventh year pro after four years at Harvard, and in 2016-17 won a Calder Cup championship as a rookie forward with the Grand Rapids Griffins. We are pleased to welcome our latest guest on CUDA Confidential, Kyle Criscolo. Kyle, first of all, thank you so much for the time. It's been a whirlwind, I'm sure, over the last couple of weeks for you, but how are you settling into your new environment here in San Jose?
0: Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely been a little crazy, but um getting some some things organized, some things settled. Uh last thing is just to get the family out here. But um
1: all's going well so far. Yep. You've got a wife, you got a young daughter, Poppy, and they've got to make the trip too. And that's a different element to getting traded when you've got a wife and a kid. I'm sure it's a little bit easier when you're just a, a bachelor or you're not married to to move and, and kind of uproot your life. So I, I'm sure that's been a big adjustment for you. And Beyond just yourself settling in, you've got to worry, obviously, about your family. I want to dive into your history and leading up to this point in your career and in your life and your path in hockey. In this podcast, we like to go all the way back, start where it all began for you, where you fell in love with the sport when you first laced laced up the skates and and where it all began for you. So let's go back. We're going to start from the start. What's your first hockey memory? When do you remember first lacing up the skates?
0: Uh, My first memory is... So I was born in New Jersey. My dad coached hockey. He, he played. He also played when he was growing up. I played in high school, college. My older brother uh, skated a bit before me, and I just my first memory was just at um, one of the Flyers' old practice ranks. My dad was was coaching a high school team there, and we'd get out on the ice, and I just remember getting on the on the ice, barely able to skate, and if if I if I reached the blue line or something, I could throw a snowball at my dad or. I just remember throwing snowballs with my brother on the ice and and kind of just trying to avoid getting hit by once he was throwing at me and that's kind of like my first memory. I think the thing that really sticks out to me is just like the smell of that rink. I went back, you know, quite a bit, so it's that's that's definitely my first memory.
1: Somebody asked the other the other day to some of the young guys on the team, they were talking about players during their era. And, and one guy that got brought in up was Eric Lindros. And as you mentioned, the flyers, I just, I, I think that's appropriate because the question was, do you think any of the guys even know who that is? And I think Tristan Rob is one of the players that was asked. He's like, sure. I know him. I never saw him play, um, <laughs> but was it the flyers that were, were your, your team growing up? And then as you become an older player, is it just kind of funny now that you're 30 and, and in your what seventh year of professional hockey, that you look at some of these young guys and they're they're just so green and it's just a different era and a, and a different group of player. For sure, yeah, and
0: yes, the Flyers were my team uh, growing up. There, uh, we were just outside of Philadelphia on the Jersey side of uh, of the city, and yeah, we were big Flyers fans, big Philly sports fans in general. So go Eagles. Yeah, it's funny the other day in the locker room, I think Deller brought in a an old iPod, and uh, Cozy didn't. I had never seen one before <laughs> so it was yeah it's funny it's uh it's funny how you know you start as a kid and you're and you're watching pro hockey and then you you end up playing and uh playing against some of the guys that you grew up watching and uh it's just crazy um it goes fast uh so it's fun to, to be on a team with some young uh some young players with promise and uh try to
1: you know impart some wisdom when you can what other sports did you play as a kid? Was it always hockey or were you playing different sports throughout the year? Uh, I played lacrosse and basketball.
0: Uh, I really loved basketball, um, obviously same season as hockey. So I had to give that up after eighth grade. But um, yeah, those were the two main sports uh, besides hockey that I played
1: uh, for a consistent amount of time. So you mentioned the smell of the rink and those memories, snow and snowballs and stuff and playing with your brother and your dad coached and played a little bit himself. When did hockey kind of take a stronghold on you and when did it become a singular focus for you?
0: Probably around uh, 13 or 14, uh, trying to decide whether to continue to play with just my friends or or move up and, and kind of play at the AAA level. And you know, obviously commit to to further trips and longer weekends, probably the time that started to take it more seriously, but never really thought of it as a career path. Um, it was just that I loved the game and and wanted to keep getting better and play at the highest level possible at the time. Um, and then it just kind of took on a life of its
1: own as, as time went on. Yeah, I want to dive into that in just a moment, just that moment maybe in your career where you thought maybe I can have a A professional career, this can be a living of sorts because I'm sure it didn't happen right away for you. You're not, and this is no knock by any means, but you're not a huge guy from a physical standpoint. You were undrafted. You really took that long, windy path to get to the NHL and get to the highest level. We'll dive into that here in just a moment. But as we still continue to talk about your youth and your childhood, who was the guy that you idolized from a hockey standpoint that maybe you thought, hey, I'm going to pull some parts from his game? Is there a specific guy? There was a couple for sure. I and
0: mean, I watched a lot of the Flyers games. Uh, but the one guy that, I mean, at that time was small and stood out was uh, Theo Fleury. So I watched obviously a lot of a lot of his clips on on YouTube when YouTube was brand new, but yeah, just a lot of the smaller guys, St. Louis, and then in terms of the Flyers, I mean that was Simone Gagne and and some of the the bigger names at that time. But uh, Theo Fleury was for sure someone I I watched, and he had a lot of uh, you know he drew a lot of attention, a lot of flash, which was uh, fun to watch and. Uh, exciting to see that a small guy could have a little fire too on the ice.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen that highlight where he scores and he ends up doing a celebration where he skates all the way to center ice, gets on his <laughs> yeah. knees. Do you ever think about doing something like that? No, that wasn't really my style, but. <laughs> the way he played for sure was uh, a way to emulate it going back to your time as a youth hockey player you said you kind of had that point in your career where you said do i want to continue to pursue this at a higher level more travel more competitive maybe even more expensive at the triple a level you end up playing prep hockey and here on the west coast it's not something that's really prevalent but it's big in the northeast describe to us what life was like playing prep hockey in that lifestyle and once you take that on, you are starting to get down that road of maybe looking beyond just playing your youth hockey. Maybe I can go to college for this, but describe to what prep hockey is like back home. So the decision for me came uh a couple of my friends
0: were were leaving home and, and going to boarding school. So Prep hockey is mostly a collection of schools in the, the Northeast, New England area, where uh, a lot of the schools are feeder schools to to the colleges in the area. And for me, the decision came down to whether I wanted to play hockey in, in college and try to play at Division one level. And I thought that I had the best opportunity to do that if I, if I went to a, a boarding school, a prep school. So I left uh, Left home after my junior year of high school, and I, I repeated the year at prep school in Connecticut, and had another year after that. So I went for two years. And just leaving home early was obviously a tough decision. Leaving uh, a lot of the guys that I've been playing hockey with and that I was friends with uh, wasn't easy. And obviously starting school, restarting at a new school when you're supposed to be going into your senior year with all your buddies wasn't easy. I think it ended up being the best decision for my career and for my life. I ended up meeting my wife there, so. It, uh, it ended up working out, but it was definitely a, a tough decision. The prep school world is, it's very small once you kind of crack into it and um, your life there revolves around school and athletics. So for me, that was nice. When I left home, I was pretty much in the car two to three hours a day driving to hockey practice or driving to, to high school. Uh, I was going to school in Philadelphia at the time, so um, getting on campus and being able to focus on on school and, and academics, not having the travel aspect of every day, was uh,
1: definitely helpful for my career and academically too. So you ended up going to Harvard, and we'll dive into that a little bit. You mentioned that you you met your wife during prep school, Gabby. Your wife did she end up following you to college? How did that all work when you decided to to go and play four years of college hockey?
0: When I went in as a repeat junior, we both went to Choate Rosemary Hall. So she was actually a senior, so she was in my original grade and uh we started dating you know at the turn of the year so it was only a couple of months that we were there together she left the college she went to George Washington in DC I stayed another year at Choate and then I ended up doing a, a year of juniors in Sioux City so it was definitely kind of like my hockey career it was, it was a winding road and we had to navigate a lot of obstacles but you know I think that's why we're still together we, we overcame a lot and uh did a lot of long distance. And it's funny, we find ourselves in this situation again that she's in Grand Rapids. I'm here, um, but we've been through it before. So um, uh, she's a rock star. She's holding things down for us right now. And yeah, I'm excited for them to get out here, but it's been a, a long and windy road, but the best adventure for sure.
1: Well, you know that she's first. She's been through it. She's been through trade. She's been through moves. She's been through long distance. And there's that that element that you've known each other for long as long as you have it. It's just a it's a cool story that you guys are uh, together and have been together for for that long, dating back to to the early days of your career. Going on to the USHL, this is considered the premier tier one league in the United States. You want to play college hockey, get into that league. You've got a great chance. You played one year. And I think if the math is correct, you were 19 at the time. So you had done a couple of years. Yeah, I think um, that's right. Prep yeah. hockey, And then you do the one year in the USHL. First, why that decision? Why was the USHL kind of an intriguing landing spot for you and, and a stepping stone for your career? Had you already committed to Harvard at that point? And Again, walk us kind of through the the thought process and why you you wanted to do that year in the USHL before going off to college.
0: So I had committed to Harvard at the end of, I guess it was sort of the beginning of my senior year. The decision was basically kind of like every decision prior to that, just trying to get the most out of every year that I'm playing hockey. So if I'm going to go to to school for four years, how do I make sure that those are the best four years that I have? I don't know what's after that, but just try to have the biggest impact that I'll, that I'll be able to get. And I think at that point I was still undersized, still a lot of area to grow room to room to grow. So for me, it was kind of a joint decision with Harvard. They had one spot that, that did open up that they talked to me about coming in right away, but after thinking about it and kind of comparing myself to the, to the top end guys that were in prep school hockey, I thought it it would make sense to take another year and really, you know, focus on hockey. And like I said, it was, Academics and athletics were both important. So, you know, that took up a lot of my time. There's only 30 some games in prep hockey. So going to a 60 game season, uh, I thought made the most sense for me and in preparing me for for the college hockey
1: game. Did you think it was pretty cool to be able to wear a visor too? <laughs> I didn't even wear one. I wore oh, key. you had to wear a cage? Okay. Never mind. I didn't have to, but I
0: did because I was used to it. I don't know.
1: Oh, okay. gotcha. gotcha. Well, that makes sense. And you're going to college. You might as well just keep it on. And, and yeah, exactly. It. So that season, you had a great season. You go off to go off to Harvard where you play four years. Walk us, though, through the recruiting process. Was Harvard the school from the get-go, or were there other schools in the mix? And how did that decision end up getting made?
0: Choate was uh, just a short drive down the street from Yale, actually. Uh, so they were at a lot of our practices, a lot of our games throughout the years they were actually the school that was you know I was in contact with the most and then at the end of our my junior year we went to the tournament I had a good uh good couple games and I spoke to a lot of schools I think once Harvard was in the mix for me obviously Harvard and Yale both amazing schools but I think just being in Boston and you know where the program was and Going somewhere that I thought I'd, I'd be able to step in and, and make an impact right away. That kind of was was what uh, made my decision. But yeah, it, uh, it kind of came on quick at the end of that, my junior year there. And uh, once they were in the mix, you know, I knew I definitely wanted to visit. And I, I liked the coaching staff a lot and liked the location and thought it was a good fit.
1: So what was the major when you were at Harvard? What were you studying? I majored in psychology and I got a minor in economics. Did you ever think, because at that time, again, there was no guarantee that you had a future beyond. Now you had a great collegiate career. You were a two-time captain. We'll go into your college career, but it wasn't a guarantee you had a pro future. So were there thoughts of beyond hockey on what you could utilize that degree with? Yeah, for sure.
0: I think my parents were pushing me to kind of have Two avenues. That's uh, so why I ended up getting a minor in economics. I mean, for me, I was picking the classes that I was most interested in. I knew that I would work the hardest in the classes that I that I liked. And I've always been interested in psychology. Took a lot of psychology classes that uh, in high school as well. So I think just the the team aspect has always intrigued me, kind of group think, and anytime that you know someone's influenced by a group or or the way that leaders can kind of impact the way a team responds i think has always been interesting for me i don't know if i want to become a coach the lifestyle Obviously, it's not easy for, for a family. I think that's kind of just where I came from and and uh why I, I chose psychology as a major.
1: We're talking to Barracuda Ford, Kyle Chris Colo on CUDA confidential. Your time at Harvard, you mentioned the, the major and, and and what you were interested in. And obviously it was a successful choice. You were I was reading two time ECAC student athlete of the year. So that's a combination of of athletics and academics. So not only were you successful on the ice, but you were having success in the classroom. What did it mean to be recognized for that? Not only once, but twice.
0: It was a new award at the time. So obviously getting it the first year, it was cool. It was, uh, you know, a nice recognition for a lot of time spent in the classroom as well as on the ice. And I think we had a really good uh, liaison on our team who helped us a lot and, and guided us along the way for our academics. Um And I think the the biggest part was kind of just having guys that cared about academics on our team I think as a group we always had guys that were you know doing well in the classroom and, and pushing each other and kind of studying together so as a whole I think we kind of earned that award and yeah it was definitely after being in school for an extra year of high school and and kind of being an older guy I think it was a uh, it was a nice honor for sure
1: looking back at your Harvard teams there's a little bit of a Sharks connection Colin Blackwell was it within the organization for a little bit you played with him Patrick McNally was with the yeah. Sharks organization for a minute Luke Esposito who's down at Baker's Field is a former teammate. There's other guys in the NHL, Alex Kerfoot, Jimmy VC. You guys had a pretty darn good team. What do you remember about those teams? And was there anything really special about the group beyond just the fact that you had guys that would go on to play at a pretty high level?
0: Yeah, I think uh, what really bonded us was the first two years were a grind. Uh, I think my first year, we might have finished last in ECAC. My second year, we were maybe 11th and I mean, we, like you said, we had really good players. We were young at the time. We had good older guys. It just didn't. It wasn't clicking for us. And I think we kind of collectively, as a group, decided that you know we we're gonna put the work in in the summers and we we're gonna we we're gonna make it work. We we're gonna do whatever we could to to make sure that we were gonna be a successful hockey team. And uh, I think we finished sixth in the league my junior year uh, and ended up winning the ECAC tournament. So it got us into the NCAA tournament, and we ended up going to the NCA tournament next year as well. I think. Just the commitment that everyone put in over the summers, especially after that my sophomore year. And we had that uh freshman group below us with Kerfoot, Esposito, Malone, all those guys. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely just the bonding that that took place and and making sure we, you know, got over the hump. And uh we did a lot of of um community service stuff and a lot of uh team bonding, team building stuff leading up to those years, which I think definitely helped. And uh I mean, I remember most just the The feeling of pride once we won that ECAC tournament my uh, junior year and kind of feeling like uh, we did something important and we were representing the school well.
1: I want to ask you, Danny O'Regan used to play for the Barracuda as well. was in Was in the Sharks organization. His brother Tommy played with you at Harvard. He has taken on a post-playing career as a comedian. He, he worked for Barstool Sports for a little bit. Just a really funny guy. What was it like having basically a full-blown comedian in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, he, he was a full-blown comedian. He's just a funny guy. He also
0: had the – he was running the music in there, so he always kept things light. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> – there's not much you can say about Tommy O'Regan that doesn't come back to him being just a, a really funny, good guy. Um, but yeah, Daniel O'Regan just got traded to Grand Rapids. So I just saw him there for, for a bit again. And, uh, I mean, I can watch Tommy O'Regan clips on my phone all day long. He's a great guy, great family. I really like those guys a lot. So, um, it's funny that my path has crossed with Danny quite a bit in, in pro hockey. So, um, yeah, I, uh, just a just a hilarious guy. If you don't know him, you should for sure look him up.
1: It's not a bad thing to have that glue in the room to keep it light. And, and it's funny how the hockey world works. It's just such a small world. Also, he was a great player, Tom. He was <laughs> a good
0: player, too. Super skilled guy. So don't want to take anything away from the hockey side of things for him, too. So uh,
1: absolutely. A hundred percent. You guys were were obviously had a great team and uh, he was part of that. It just it's it's pretty it's fascinating for one, I think, and I'm it's stuck. pretty it's pretty incredible that yeah. he has pursued this career yeah. following his playing career as well. When did it click in your mind? Now, we mentioned you twice wore the C, your junior and senior season of college hockey. You were part of a couple of really good teams. You mentioned that as a junior, you guys won that ECAC title after finishing last, as you mentioned, as a freshman. When did it click that, you know what, maybe I have a chance to play pro and having guys like a Blackwell and a VC and and some of the guys you mentioned, guys who had been drafted and had looks from NHL clubs allowing for scouts maybe to watch more of your games, seeing you play more often. When did it click that you had a, a chance maybe to play at the next level? And were teams talking to you as your as your season was kind of going along? I think it clicked
0: um, just after my, you know, during my junior season, um, I was playing on a line with uh, VZ and Kerfoot. And obviously we're going up against uh, some of the top lines on other teams. And, you know, just at the end of that year, you see a lot of guys, going straight to the NHL and playing games. Um, I think just seeing that and and knowing that I can compete with those guys, uh, definitely, you know, made it clear in my mind that, uh, you know, if I put in the work, I could, I could maybe make this a, a career here. And, um, obviously knowing I was undrafted, I think it, it might've helped in the end, just being able to, uh, play in front of, of all the NHL teams that were coming to our games. And, um, wasn't talking to a ton of teams at the time, probably two or three. And uh, just at the end of the year, there had two AHL offers and between Grand Rapids and Wilkes-Barre. And it wasn't an easy decision. I sat down with my my coach at Harvard, Ted Donato, talked about both options and ultimately made the decision the way I made pretty much all my hockey decisions went where I felt like I was I was most wanted. Yeah, obviously, it was it was a good decision for that first year in my career.
1: You go into Grand Rapids playing on an AHL contract, and you guys end up going on and winning a Calder Cup championship. And a guy who has a connection with the Sharks, Evgeny Shvetchnikov, was on that team as well, so there's a little yeah. bit of a connection. You actually had to beat the Barracuda in the Western Conference Finals to get to the Calder Cup final. But what a special team. What a special first year for you. What do you remember about that first season, getting your feet wet at the professional level? And again, we talk about those kind of benchmark where you realize that you belong? When was the point that you felt like, I belong at the very least at this level and I'm one step away from the NHL and maybe I have a future even beyond, but when did that kind of click that I belong at this level and and I'm part of something pretty special?
0: I think it took a little bit of time. Uh, When the season started, I was for sure uh, a little nervous. It wasn't an easy adjustment, obviously, coming to the pro ranks. It helped that we had a good team. I didn't have to take on more than I could handle. And I think the coaching staff did a really good job. I mean, they've seen, they had seen a lot of of college guys come in who are used to a 40 game schedule. And, you know, they kind of let us know, like, there's going to be lulls in the year. You're not going to have your best every night. We play a lot of games. It's not just a Friday, Saturday schedule. So I think that definitely uh, allowed my mind to be at ease a bit. Also, like you said, uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov was on that team. I played with Gino. We probably played together 60 of the 76 games that year uh, on a line. So having another young guy with me, you know, was, was encouraging. We had seven rookies that year. So there was a big group and, we were relied on on heavily throughout the year. So I think just the, you know, once the coaching staff kind of, you know, bought into our game and, and we were winning, it it certainly helped me gain some more confidence. It's not an easy thing to win in this league. So when you are winning games, I think the the whole locker room benefits
1: from that. Not comparing that team by any means to the current team you're on, but there is a nice blend of young prospects, guys coming in and then older players like yourself, Agassino, C. Silov, you can go down the list, Pouliot. These are guys who have been there and, and done that, and have that experience. Do you see any sort of parallels between that group? Just a young group of kind of excited green players that are, are hungry and trying to advance their careers and then the mix of, of older guys. Now you filling that that veteran role. Hundred percent.
0: The the vibe in the locker room is is similar to that season where you know guys have confidence, guys are relaxed. Obviously, right now we're in a bit of a a playoff hunt and a playoff race, so you know things are a little tense. But the the young guys that we have on this team are, are top of the line. I think obviously there's a lot of room to grow, but the the leaders that that were here even before I got here are doing a good job, and the coaching staff is doing a heck of a job teaching these young guys. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to win some games and, and make a little bit of a push. But I think the the atmosphere in locker room right now is is really good. It's important. We feel confident in the group that we have. Some of the additions, you know, that we just got as well are going to help us. So, yeah, I think where we're at is, is a good spot. We just need to win games and put it together and, and kind of, you know, find a way to win tight games, win close games, and uh, kind of gut check a bed and, and dig down.
1: Going back to that first season, you conclude you win a Calder Cup and then you sign that NHL deal with Buffalo. Talk to us about that opportunity Again, a validation point maybe in your career to sign that deal. We'll dive into your NHL debut because it's it's only fitting that you end up going against Detroit. Tell us about signing with Buffalo and, again, getting that opportunity. Because now, with an NHL deal, you have a real chance to play in the NHL as opposed to playing on an AHL contract. Yeah, it was a bit of um, you know, a whirlwind there
0: at the end of the year. Going into playoffs, we won. I still didn't have a deal for the, the following season. And I think playoffs ended maybe... June 13th was our last game. And obviously July 1st was right around the corner for an unrestricted free agent decided to just wait and, and see what my opportunity would be. And um, felt like Buffalo, you know, showed a lot of interest and and the way that they were talking about my, my position there, where I would fit in um, some concrete examples of, of where I would uh, help the team. I think, you know, kind of put me over the edge going there and yeah, signing that NHL deal obviously you know my wife now who was i think we were just dating then was you know she's always celebrating me and obviously for me it was just another step but uh she helps me put some things in perspective and and realize how important it is to you know celebrate you know a lot of a lot of hard work and dedication to uh to the sport and signing nhl deal was uh, definitely a time to to celebrate and and be excited about what's uh, transpired.
1: Yeah, and again, once you sign that deal, it's no longer a dream. At that point, it's it's really a potential reality, and the fact that you're just right there and your name can be called up at any point. I want to talk about your NHL debut. Correct me if if I'm wrong. I think it was in Detroit against yeah, the Detroit Red Wings yeah. at uh, brand new Little Caesars Arena. I think the Joe had had been closed the prior year. So, what was that like to look across the way and and realize you were fulfilling a lifelong dream, but against? some guys you had just played with a year prior and the organization you were within that had to be kind of a unique mix of emotions.
0: Yeah, it was, it was for sure. You first get called up. I think the feeling is just, you know, you're ecstatic. Obviously I feel like that's the one, the one time that, you know, always sticks out in my head, no matter when it was, whether it was my first time being called up or, or last year, every time you get a call and and you're being, you're told you're you're going up to the NHL, it's, kind of an electrifying feeling in your body and that was obviously the first time I experienced it I just remember driving from Rochester to Buffalo and and getting on the plane and it's late at night and I'm sweating through my shirt it's just uh yeah it's a crazy feeling and then when the game started obviously you try to worry about the game and, and handle your business but uh Going up against Zetterberg and faceoffs and and some of the other guys that, uh, like you said, that I had gone to training camp with and played with the year prior was was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy game. The captain that's still in Grand Rapids, Brian Lashoff, was was playing for Detroit that year, so he had been with me the previous year and uh, had a couple shifts against each other out there. It was it was a special night for for myself and for my family. Had a lot of friends come up for the game as well, so. It was cool to have my support system there and definitely a night I won't forget.
1: Going along in your career, you end up signing in Philadelphia. You get traded to Anaheim. That's the first time you had been traded. So this time to San Jose was not your first rodeo. You had been through that process. And, and again, the emotions that go through that. But as you reflect on the trade from Grand Rapids, a place that you have now somewhat called home and you your family has has put some roots down there. What were the emotions going into this most recent trade? leaving a place that, that you love, frankly, and now moving on to a new adventure and a new opportunity in San Jose? I
0: think it's it's two parts for sure. I think the first one is obviously leaving Grand Rapids. Is, it was not easy. Like you said, we've come to, to kind of call that home. We've lived there longer than we've lived anywhere else as a married couple. So for us, it's it's definitely a place that that we will continue to visit. Our daughter was born in Grand Rapids. So, you know, leaving there was tough. We we have a lot of relationships there as well. So I think off the ice, that was difficult in terms of on nice opportunity i think we're very excited about about where things are right now and coming out here i think the team like you said is is young but it's ready to turn the corner and and uh, the coaching staff was excited to have me so it was just a, a next chapter kind of thing grand rapids has a lot of bodies right now and you know they had to make a move someone had to go there's a lot of veteran guys there so i'm just excited to get out here uh, i said it to you the, the first time we spoke that it kind of, it feels familiar. It feels like home. I think the, the environment in the room and like I said, just the coaching staff and the way guys are treated here, it's, um, you know, it's exciting for me. And, and I, uh, I've enjoyed my time so far. And, and hopefully once my family gets out here, it'll be a little easier to to put Grand Rapids in, in the rear view for a
1: bit. It's fitting that you said it felt like home right away. That was before your first game that you played and you scored within the first five minutes. You had two goals <laughs> in that debut. So it was quite the debut for you. And I just talking from other guys, talking to the coaching staff, seeing how you've reacted to this situation, it seems like a perfect fit. And I think that goes back to your personality and the way that you carry yourself. And a lot of the young guys have responded to your presence as well. But uh, it's been great having you uh, in the locker room as part of this group. An exciting young group, but obviously with with a great mix of veteran players who have been there and done that as well. One final question for you: You mentioned your daughter Poppy; she's still a youngster, but you and your wife have been married now for a few years. But what is fatherhood like? Because I'm sure that's a shock to the system, and, and things are a little bit different maybe than they were a couple of years ago.
0: Well, there hasn't been a lot of sleep. Uh, I've gotten the, the most sleep I've gotten is since I've been out here. So my wife is is taking on the brown taking the brunt of that. So not a lot of sleep, but um, you know, she's a great distraction from hockey. When I get home, uh, she's kind of all I can think about and, and worry about, which is nice. She's she's on the move now. She isn't quite walking, but crawling around, standing up, and she she needs our undivided attention. So I'm anxious to get back and, and see them over All-Star Break and get them out here. But it's certainly it's the best. It's uh I can't really say enough about it. She's changed the way I think about life and, and the world. So it's um it's been amazing
1: well there weren't too many parents on uh, on this team over the last couple of years it's been cool to have some again guys who are a little bit older a little bit more seasoned and, and young uh, parents as well so um, it's been great to have you we look forward to meeting your family as well and we've appreciated your short time with the team and appreciate the time as well today and just telling your story a little bit but thank you again and look forward to watching, watching you down the stretch of course yeah I'm excited to be here protect the reef a huge thanks to Barracuda Ford Kyle Criscolo for joining us That'll do it for this episode of CUDA Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening, and so long until next time. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey.